Hello, welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. Danny here with Rob for the silliest of silly season updates. And this is a silly podcast because we sort of haphazardly threw it together. And then new news kept breaking. Silly season kept finding new layers of silliness to appear to us. Um, and then as it happens, we managed to find a time slot and then some extra silliness happened at Drew's work and he was not able to make it. He may turn up mid-recording. Uh, I also have to stop at a certain stage and put my daughter to bed. Uh, so that's the, that's the silliness that's going on here. Rob, it's silly season, but you seem remarkably sort of tuned in and you don't have any weird drama going on tonight. You are the the rock that will hold us through this podcast, I think. Yeah, I've been uh, eager to talk about this stuff uh, for for the better part of a week now. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to chew into. Um, I'm eager to do it too. I wanted to give a reminder to everyone that if they want to, for some insane reason, this is literally the worst time to go back to the preseason primer of last year because next week we will be recording our new preseason primer for the season uh, 2024. But if you do want to, it's episode 216. You can go back and learn about F1. Uh, It's perfectly suited for folks with no prior F1 knowledge, as will next week's. Um, Also on the Patreon side, uh, we put up uh, just a couple of weeks back the uh, latest Patreon-exclusive podcast. It was the Michael Fassbender Road to Le Mans, the film review. And uh, much to popular demand, yes, we will be covering Ferrari on this month's patron-exclusive podcast, Uh, perhaps even more appropriate than ever, considering the conversations we're going to have right now. Uh, Also, massive thanks to all of our incredible title sponsors who help us out over at patreon.com slash shift one, along with thousands of others of you. Massive thanks to Mojo Nixon Gaming, Get Rich or Die Ryan, which I have confirmed it is is that I just can't spell on this document agave atx cypress training turf ses at team blackjack michael maves gordy's army at talking autos olivia evans app analytics telemetry deck tdf1 team <laughs> which may be a reference to something from last week <clears throat> fdc drew stewart bailey foot abdullah althani jason chadwick abraham getchell the space above us podcast Bunny Fiend, The Snigs, Alex Couchet, Max Faltar, Circuit Demon, Troy Stammer, William Rumpf, Ralph Bury, Lachlan the Madden Man, and of course, Jason Kelly. Thank you all so much for your incredible support. Rob, Rob, where do we start? Does all of this start? Does it start with Hamilton? Is that where is this where it starts or does it start somewhere else? Or or before maybe we, we jump into the dirge of news. What have you made of the past week? Because it's been just like breakneck. Like it seemed like every two seconds there was new. I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready for F1 news. But F1 news was like, I don't care. It's coming. Yeah, like it's been. I had definitely like a day or so of being irritated about the Andretti bid, which we'll we'll get to right. in a in a few moments here. But like that felt like stuff we would cover maybe the next time we did a regular episode. Um, not not a huge surprise, but you know the cynicism uh, was was certainly uh, something that would take you aback. And then there were little contract things breaking in the you know in the last couple weeks that didn't seem particularly notable. But I guess if you were to say like where did things start? Um, might have been in retrospect, <laughs> it was probably the Charles Leclerc uh, contract extension because right. you know if you're going like if that that should that was the first inkling that things might be a little bit weird. Um, I just didn't. I, I certainly didn't think 
that it was going to be to get this weird but you know people noticed um you know the ferrari announced that leclerc was going to be extended uh in late january yeah i don't think they've given an exact time frame we we knew what his contract was and now we don't uh in terms right. of his contract term i think that's that's a little bit that that part is a little bit vague um, which makes me wonder if there might also be clauses there, which we'll we'll come to in a second. But the the contract term is a little vague. And then Danny, I would say, Leclerc and uh, you know signs seemed like a good partnership. Yeah. And so it was a bit odd that Leclerc was you know we we heard that he had an extension. Yes. And then and we Carlos. did not hear about Carlos. No, we didn't. And. I feel like we touched upon some of this at the end of last season. We actually posited, I can't, I think it was the end of last season. I think we hypothetical about what if Hamilton were to leave. Um, but the signs thing was definitely something we were talking about because of something else we'll get into a little bit later, which is that there's quite a lot of contracts that are up at the end of this year. And Carlos seems to be, you know, he, he, I don't necessarily see him as a championship winner in the Ferrari as it is, but he's, he's, among the best drivers in the field and if certainly if they don't want him someone else will um we are of course talking about the the break uh breaking news <laughs> it was not breaking not breaking anymore at one stage breaking news uh shocking news uh to many that hamilton is leaving mercedes not this year but at the end of this year to start with the tafosi with ferrari in 2025 for the final year of the current regulations, which in and of itself is actually sort of an interesting time to move. It seems like maybe though it was kind of a now or never situation. Yeah. Um, in the days preceding the sort of, it was a rumor for a couple of hours, then it was pretty much confirmed without being confirmed. And then a bunch of um, spoke, you know, uh, announcements came out from, from both teams, from Toto, eventually from Lewis. It was sort of like a slow enough drip. Of, uh, of information uh ratcheting it back uh, you know we found out that toto found out uh pretty like like a day before we did basically um there's a a, a quote here from uh, planetf1.com um he said the events are not a surprise but maybe the timing so what happened is that we got together for coffee in my place in oxford and him returning to the factory and he said to me he decided to race for ferrari in 2025 so they had a sort of a little chinwag get-together um, at Toto's house. Well, um, and just real quick, I think this touches on... Hamilton's last contract go-round with Mercedes took an unusual length of time. It did. And it was it in did. the wake of uh, Abu Dhabi 2021. Yeah. And there was a lot of, you know, who knows what his future is with the sport? What does what does he want? But there, there's just a moment there where, like, both he and Wolf. We're out of contract for a moment. It was sort of unsure where things were going to be headed. I feel like this was right after 2021. I might be wrong. I think it was because I remember um, that the feeling around it was, is he done entirely slash is he or is he done with this team? Will he go to Red Bull was kind of the the fantastical thing we were saying back then. And then like in whatever was the like the latest contract term agreed to. We didn't know this, but there was an exit clause uh, that had to be triggered that, that basically for, for next season. for Not this coming season, but for next season. Uh, and I'm really curious what 
that how far those talks with Ferrari advanced, like how how long right. has this been going on? Right. Uh, but yes, it, it certainly now seems like some of the length of Mercedes coming terms with Lewis the last time they they extended probably centered on the fact that he wanted to maintain some flexibility. Yeah, I, I wonder, especially if there is, it's hard to tell how commonplace break clauses are. I'm sure they are in some scenarios, but like obviously anyone who's, you know, investing that much in a, in, a, in any sports athlete wants to know that they have them locked down for a certain amount of time. So I can't imagine that they are rampant. You know what I mean? Driver I having the power the to exercise the break clause. That's a lot of right. power for yes. the driver. And I, I just don't think there's a lot of drivers who would have the, the sway uh, to be able to like that. I am worth so much that me having the ability to walk at a moment of my choosing is still, it's still valuable enough to keep me in the car knowing that I might leave. I feel like that's probably, that is a, that is a Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, like, you know, tier of, of contract uh, clause. And I, I suspect there's not many drivers that, that have anything like that. Yeah. Especially in the wake of, you know, presumably there is a financial hit on his side obviously he's not going to get you know the money that was due him but i also wonder if he eats some of that one of the things that's come out which i found very interesting is the in some of the reporting around the deal itself uh, that he has with ferrari which uh, seems to be a lot larger than just his sort of his take-home pay at the end of the month on his slip. Um, it's reported that Hamilton initially turned in a two-year deal worth just over $50 million a season. Ferrari chairman John Elkman leading negotiations, which were reignited by Ferrari, granting Hamilton's wish for investment into his Mission 44 organization, while further perks were sent his way. And then one other note on that, the terms agreed to by Hamilton reportedly include a pay package just north of 87 million for 25 with the option to extend for 26, a quarter of that going into mission funding mission 44, while Elkman has offered to create a joint investment fund with uh, via Ferrari's parent brand Exor worth over 272 million where Hamilton would serve as ambassador for his portfolio. And I did read somewhere else. I forget the exact specifics of it, but this idea of him being the ambassador for, for the portfolio was rejected by Mercedes in a different, at a different time. I, I'm sorry. I don't have that in front of me here. Um, so there's two elements of this. I guess one is you can see maybe someone at the end of their career, making sure that they're sort of, you know, uh, once they wrap it up, that they have uh, milked as much out of the, the cow as they can, or that at least it's setting them up for the future in terms of business. And then the other thing is, I wonder how this relates to the cost cap stuff. Like, the drivers are exempt, is that right? The top three salaries on any team Okay, okay. So I guess if you're going to go, you know, be hung for a sheep... Uh, as a lamb in, in this case if they're going to get somebody they might as well um uh, go go crazy with it um what do you make of all this rob in that like i guess the question is i have lewis seems like a shrewd businessman but to me he has never seemed like somebody who was primarily motivated by money i think he probably enjoys doing his he enjoys nice clothes he enjoys his his fashion he enjoys the projects that he works on but I don't know if you become the sort of killer athlete like him, you know, that that's got, there's diminishing returns when you're already a multimillionaire and that's your motivation to me. 
I, I don't see that as the reason why he is moving. What, what's your initial gut on, on Hamilton's decision uh, here? Well, if if the stuff about like the joint investment fund being created, uh, you know, for effectively for Lewis to be the, the front of this investment vehicle, uh, that is really interesting. I'd, I'd want to know more. I'm not entirely sure what the structure is of Ferrari used to Ferrari used to be owned by Stellantis, uh, which is Chrysler. It's all it, all of it is owned by the uh, Agnelli family, uh, which is, or at least like they, they have a huge share of that. Elcan is a member of that family. This is uh, an American, sort of like an Italian family in America, right? Yeah, like I think the matriarch of his family is an Agnelli, and then uh, you know his his father married into. Uh, the, right. the Agnellis. And as we've alluded to before, there's also weird um, familial dynastic politics around, like, I believe. I, I With an believe Italian, his, uh, rich Italian family? Surely not, Rob. Yeah, I want to say, like, his mom might might have been suing other members of the family for, like, uh, basically, like, stealing assets or, or cool. sort of uh, screwing her out of, like, ability to oversee family assets. Uh, but the the where this like is weird is like Ferrari got spun off and outside of Stellantis some years back and that was uh, Sergio Marchione uh, you know wanted to sort of get the the two brands separate and I'm not entirely sure where Exor fits into this right uh, you know what what relationship Exor has to like two publicly held companies two publicly traded companies uh, Lewis is. There's always there's always been people who've had a cynical view of Lewis. Yeah, that he is too good and too polished uh, in terms of just like the ability to present himself as being on the right side of every issue. Uh, Jacques Villeneuve sort of alluded to this that something about Lewis means that like in fifty fifty accidents, other people will get blamed. Uh, mm-hmm. That you know people like Lewis comes out of a lot of things smelling like a rose, even though you can look at them and say like. Well, it kind of feels like it was a, you know, again, it was 50-50. It should have been. But Lewis is very good at uh, sort of coming across like the fair, clean competitor, uh, you know, man man of honor. Uh, right. It's it sort of a, <laughs> a, a, a tank full of sharks. And with that lens in, in, in mind, you'd say like, well, of course, like, Lewis has this activist bent and has always sort of like said that as part of his interest beyond racing, but that also maybe has been priming the ground for him wanting to break into uh, tycoon stuff, uh, you know, the, mm. the elite world of, of capital. Get in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, you know, there, there, there could be, there could be something to that. He's never made any secret of the fact that he has, interests in business years ago he yeah. was talking about like he really likes fashion he wanted to do fashion stuff now every f1 driver you know will, will at some point in an interview be like i like fashion um you know i want to do fashion <laughs> especially stuff. if you're part of alpha tari you really had to like fashion and also incredibly skinny fashion that no i suspect no one I, else honestly, would have i think this is why all these dudes are like i'm into fashion yeah dude everything fits you everything fits you bro <laughs> yeah fashion's <laughs> fucking awesome for you uh but <laughs> Uh, that's like saying i'm into watches if you're an f1 driver it's like all you're ever given is fancy 
fashion and watches. So like, of course you're into fashion. You're not into, there's nothing else. People, yeah. rich things people can give you. I'm into petrol. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, well, how much, like starting a fashion line doesn't seem that expensive because at a certain point, it's really not for, for the type of money to make fast fashion. Teespring, makes... man. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Use offer code shift. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but, but the, the, the other part where you see this with, with Lewis, uh, is that he's always been concerned. He was increasingly concerned over the past few years is like, what comes after me? Uh, yeah. You know, the sport's gotten more alert, more elite. Uh, th- there is, not in terms of competition, but in terms of just like who gets a chance to come in through the door. He's often very pointed about like, he grew up in council housing. Right. And there is not going to be another driver uh, for as far as we can tell, who is likely to come from that sort of background anytime soon. Uh, so he's, all, he, you know, he's expressed concerns about like the ladder behind him. And then, you know, racial, racial diversity in the sport. Uh, 100%. Yeah, you know, yeah. he is, he's been out in front of social justice movements and part of the conclusion that, you know, he reached publicly some years ago with the mission 44 stuff is that, Ultimately, there's going to have to be investment and putting money behind addressing some of these inequalities. And so from that standpoint, it's also entirely consistent with uh, him, you know, not only taking the, the higher salary, but sort of demanding Ferrari throw in with Mission 44 and, and maybe create some sort of investment vehicle that he can, <clears throat> uh, you know, be, be tied to in some sort of public facing role. Uh, I think what might be... You know, my, my, here's my actual suspicion. I think it's really easy to delude yourself that, like, you getting wildly rich is going to do the world good. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I like. I think his heart, I, I suspect Lewis's heart is probably in the right place. Uh, and also, he is, you know, when when you see the possibility to be like, here are the resources we're going to put in your command. Think of what, you're, you, what you can do with all those resources. <clears throat> Very tempting to be like, yeah. I could do great, great works with those, with those resources. Um, you know, ultimately, ultimately time will tell. Uh, I think, you know, it is, it's, it's sort of the, the pattern of these things that, uh, you know, they, they address, they make progress around the margins, but leave the structural, uh, right. Because <laughs> yeah. factors untouched. Totally. Um, but you know, this is, this is just the, you know, this is just the way of the world this is probably a standard we wouldn't hold anyone else to except Lewis. Um, yeah, that's very true. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's easy to, you know, you, you apply all those same ideas about, you know, when people see when there's a success story and, and people are that success story, they think like that is reflective of the world outside of them or, you know, the amount of pressure you put on somebody like Lewis, as opposed to basically every other non black driver, you know what I mean? In a similar situation or non you know, didn't grow up in a super privileged, you know, uh, and there is other drivers like Esteban Ocon we've talked about. And, yeah. You know, it's not, and there's a, there's a difference in the wealth between some of these drivers as well. I don't think, you know, Bottas and Leclerc grew up in different types of environments, you know. Um, but what do you think about it from a, from a, because I'm with you. I think like, I think he, he's not, he's a very smart guy. And I think he's probably not very, trusting which i think in the world of that much that level of business is is a really smart way to be and i think he has his head screwed on and he's not going to be taken advantage of and he probably has smart people around him and he's a good businessman or surrounded by good business people um but from a racing perspective what do you make of this decision he's 
in the twilight years of his career, you know, save for some sort of like Schumacher 41 coming back to Mercedes sort of runaround, which is more of a testimonial years in terms of like winning a championship. Um, does this feel like a throw of the dice for him winning a championship? Does it feel like a fuck it? I want to drive the red car, man. Everyone wants to drive the red car. I love Ferrari growing up. Let's give it a go. You know, what do you make of this, especially in light of the fact that he's going a year before the reg change? Is that a worry or is that the point? Because if he's there, there was lots of reporting about him not being happy with that uh, new Mercedes a couple of years back, feeling that his, his feedback isn't necessarily being listened to. Presumably, if he's going over to Ferrari, and we'll talk about how Leclerc might feel about all this later, do you think this is a, a smart decision on his part from a, a racing perspective? Nobody ever knows how car development is going to pan out. Right. I think Ferrari is as likely as Mercedes to have a car challenging the Red Bull for wins uh, in 2025. Um, I think they are probably about as likely, maybe less likely than Mercedes to have a successful entrant with the new regulations in mm. 2026. Uh, just the history there is that with new power units coming on, like that was Mercedes competitive edge. It will be relevant again uh, in, in 2026. And it's where Ferrari kind of uh, stumbled last time we had a big upheaval like this. So I think it's from, from the standpoint of someone like Lewis, this is really a kind of, you'd have to be realistic and know this is at best a 50, 50 shot that, you know, he, what he managed to pull off when he went to Mercedes doesn't happen like nobody uh fernando alonso tried to orchestrate moves like this two or three times throughout his <laughs> he career did, you're right yeah. uh daniel, daniel ricardo staked his career on like i've got to get with an up-and-coming manufacturer yeah. and sort of ride the bubble right you know ride the way to the top and it, it doesn't it doesn't pan out uh it's, it's very rare that it does so i think he has to know on some level that being realistic, it's unlikely that lightning will strike twice. Maybe because it happened to him that he thinks he is the factor that that will that will make things break his way. <laughs> but I, I suspect he knows that this is an iffy proposition, as it always is for 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 drivers. To me, yeah, this this does feel like a. I've got one more move left in my career, one big last act, mm. and I want to wear I want to wear red. I I had like. I suspect that for a lot of drivers, there's always a question of how would I do with Ferrari? And not just like how would I, how many race wins would I get, et cetera, but the like, just what would it be like to be a Ferrari driver? How would I handle the pressure? How would I handle the fact that like almost the entire rest of the sport is based out of, you know, an industrial corridor in England. <laughs> right. And then there's Ferrari uh, over there, different culture, different, different way of building cars. Um, you know, different, different place uh, in the, in the sporting landscape. The temptation, I think, is is too great, even though, again, for most, a lot of great drivers have gone through, like, Ferrari's doors and have not been great Ferrari drivers. Right. I, I mean, Vettel did this exact play, maybe not for the same amount of money, and also he wasn't leaving the top tier. You know, I guess it's, it's like there's something, this deal feels very singular. Like, you go back and try and find comparisons, and they're not the same. It's, it's drivers who are you know, won a championship, but have been at a, you know, aren't really the number one driver anymore, or I don't know, there's something about this that just feels very different. Uh, one of the things that I was hearing a lot about was Loic Sarah's departure. Um, 
uh, a number of years, was it last year or a number of years back from uh, from Mercedes, who was an uh, engineer over there, who's head of vehicle performance, sorry. Um, uh, him and Hamilton were fairly aligned with their concerns on the 2022 spec car. And he has gone to Ferrari. Um, some folks now sort of, you know, joining some dots there, hard to tell if it's a causation or a, you know, if the chicken and egg situation. Uh, also questions over whether Bono is going to follow him or not, whether or not he's going to stick around at Mercedes or, you know, head off to beautiful Italia. I would not be surprised if Bono and, and Hamilton are done as well. Be, yeah. Like it's just he parted ways with Cullen last year. Um, Angela Cullen, uh, who was his yes, you know, right. trainer yes. and performance coach. Like the other part of this is <laughs> midlife crisis is probably the wrong way to put it, but <laughs> things get stale. Yeah. Like you get tired of doing even in a great job with great people, you get tired of doing the same job with the same people again and again. Spe- especially if you're not winning anymore. You know yep. what I mean? He's winning for years and years, and it's suddenly you're with the same people, and it's lose, lose, lose. All the uh, stuff lands differently. What, like, think about like, doesn't Total Wolf seem kind of silly when he's not winning? Like the same yeah. stuff. He says the same stuff. He, he carries the same you know demeanor, uh, but now it all seems like a little performative, a little tryhard. Like, give it a rest, man. Like you're down here, you're down here with the rest of us. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't carry the sacred fire of like F1 success anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's my suspicion is like in the last couple of years, Hamilton started to want started to want to change things up. And I think that is partly due to, yeah, Mercedes isn't winning anymore. And it is clear that he was frustrated, not just with the 2022 car, but when they decided to double down on that for 2023 mm. and they get the first race and they're like, whoops, we're completely lost. Um, I would lose. I I would be losing my shit. I, I think I did lose my shit. That like <laughs> they had a bad car for an entire year. They had one good result, at kind of a fluky race, and they're like, let's double down on it. Let's let's yeah. run it back with our with our concept. <laughs> uh, and then they waste yet another year of uh you know development and another year of Hamilton's driving. So I like you know I, I suspect a little tr- trust got broken there because it doesn't seem like he ever really believed that there's anything about the 22 concept worth trying again in mm. 23, but they, they went with it. Uh, but I think the bigger issue is, yeah, he just wants to try something new. And for a guy in his position, you know, more wins, more championships. He likes it. It's good, but it's also stat padding, right? It's not like, mm. Well, is it though? Because like, you know, he he had that era, the epoch of Hamilton, right? And yeah. then and he's been on the the you know, he's been on the sort of business end of a bruising from his big from his arguably the best rival he's ever had. Like, you know what I mean? He was been just completely dominating the sport. So I don't know. I think at a certain stage, maybe it's short term, but I think he starts to look fairly second fiddle if this continues to go. And he can always you know, this is a risky move, and if it doesn't pan out, hey, look, I tried it. Um, if he stays at Mercedes and has another two years of being battered, like then, it, then it starts to look a bit like. Mm. Yeah, I think you get battered at, at at Ferrari too. Like for me, I think mm. it's uh, for me. I think like it's not that the the stats and like you know have the legacy of getting on a championship is is all meaningless, but I suspect that. Again, he's just as likely to have those, the you know, those bites at the apple at Ferrari as he is at Mercedes, 
he's just as likely to be disappointed and watching Max just, you know, sail off into the sunset to another run of championships, the next Sebastian Vettel, maybe the next Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but, you know, in one of those scenarios, you're doing that from inside the AMG Mercedes team. And the other scenario, you're driving for Ferrari. And, and you're winning Ferrari's championship that they have struggled regardless of the championship winning drivers they put in that seat <laughs> be it yeah. uh, you know an alonso or a or a vettel or maybe a hamilton now they just can't seem to to make it happen so um uh what's interesting though is i don't know as an as a fairly neutral i don't have a t- i have drivers i like more than others sure but i don't have a team and i don't have a driver um this has been fascinating and fantastic because it is a major open seat in what was already being set up to be a, an incredibly interesting and chaotic 2024 as it comes to who's going where. There are 14 drivers that are out of contract in 2024, at the end of 2024. 14. They are Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Logan Sargent, Alex Albon. These are all. These are basically all full teams. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Yuki Tsunoda, Valtteri Bottas, Joe Guan Yu, Kevin Magnussen, and Nico Hulkenberg. They are all without a drive next year, as it stands. That does not include brake clauses that might exist. Apparently, um, I, I guess first of all, who do you think is the biggest winner out of this? Who's not Lewis? Who's the biggest winner and who's the biggest loser? We haven't talked about Carlos Sainz yet here. Who do you think? Or, yeah, there's so many different facets of this. Like, what are you most interested in now that this is the first sort of domino has been tipped here? Well, I'm not sure any of these drivers are end up being a winner in it because I suspect the people that Mercedes would have moved to sign in the event of a Lewis Hamilton changing teams were extended. I think Leclerc would have been somebody they right. looked at, but Ferrari shored up that flank. What about Sainz? Uh, so Sainz is interesting. I think partly it is the... Man, the people... Like, if Ferrari wanted to keep Sainz, they'd have kept him. And yeah. now, admittedly, you know, can you pass up a chance to get Lewis Hamilton? Eh, maybe not. But nevertheless, you have that sense of, like... For just from the perspective of like the narrative, the brand uh, story, Lewis goes and takes Signs' job, and then Signs, you know, takes Lewis's old job. Yeah. Now I think Signs is a very good driver, and wife swap, think, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also think like Signs seems to have gotten along with every teammate except for Max Verstappen. Uh, and that probably has more to do with the fact that all the Red Bull drivers know they have to kill and eat each other uh, in order to in order to thrive. Wait, Signs and Verstappen? Uh, God, who was it? Um, Carlos Signs. Who was he partnered up with in his uh, tar- Scooter Tarasa days? Oh yeah, who was he with? Um, well, yeah, I mean, and to, to, yeah, they I were guess... teammates. Tar- they overlapped. They did for a year. Wow. Okay. Did anyone did get on? Get I guess Ricardo got on with Max. They seem to. Yeah, Ricardo got, quit. Ricardo got on with anyone. Yeah, he did. He, he did quit. Sort of like, except no. If you go back and you listen to, because um, uh, you know, I, I go back and I listen to old episodes of uh, Beyond the Grid. 
Ricardo doesn't have anything bad against Max, but like he was furious about how things shook out in, in Baku and the way oh, the team yeah, yeah, like yeah. treated him. So like, yeah. it's that like Red Bull just kind of breeds that sort of intensity and, and bad feeling. So I think, but beyond that, like you know, Signs uh, was like the ultimate big brother to a young Lando Norris. Yes. Uh, he appeared to do well as a teammate with uh, you know Charles Leclerc. I. I think there's a lot to recommend signs. I just think the temptation to pursue someone with more upside uh, yeah. would be really, really strong. Okay, so here's the question, right? You could already feel, I mean, you know, Toto, you're talking about Toto. Toto's not leaving Mercedes, right? Toto owns a chunk of Mercedes yep. F1 team. He's there for life. Uh, Russell is obviously like one of his little pet projects that he's had long before Russell was sitting in that car, he is assuredly going to be number one driver. We talked last year about how Red Bull figured out the system and they got their number one driver on the top of the, the, the championship and they got their constructors championship by getting a number two driver who's not going to mess with him, who's a step down, not a problem, right? The Ricardo issue we've already talked about. Do Mercedes get somebody who is going to play second fiddle and what the fuck's going to happen to Ferrari? Because <laughs> I mean, Lewis definitely is not number two driver for anyone does not matter, but Charles Leclerc, I mean, they invested in him years ago with that big contract. They've obviously extended it. Now he must be very confused. I, I imagine. Yeah. I'm super curious. Like this is the part where, I love that Ferrari did it because it's so chaotic. It's so uh, it's just pairing it's these two guys. Great television, Rob. It's going to be. Oh, it is. It, I'm it's, so it's, excited. It, it's just riveting. I think like I go back to something. Uh, you know, Mario Andretti said uh, in an interview, he's like, "You can't have, you can't have the two best of anything. There's going to be one best. If the guy's the best, he's going to be driving. He's going to be the number one driver somewhere else. Like you can't have the two best uh, at a team." Or they're gonna they're gonna go at each other and try to sort it out, and one of them is right. gonna like ultimately leave. I I am so curious how this unfolds because here's the other thing: uh, this probably isn't relevant any other, any other team but Ferrari. Um, I don't know how well Lewis speaks other languages, but I know Leclerc speaks all of them. <laughs> he speaks he speaks the, the the Mediterranean gamut of languages, and. Like he has command of Italian, and that is a team that conducts business in Italian. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like people have, who've worked there, because you know, so many, so much talent comes from England. That like, yes, Ferrari has recruited a lot of English personnel, and one of the hardest adjustments that they say they have to make is, you know, you have to go into intensive yeah. like language boot camp. And and Vettel at least had had that Alpha Tauri experience of of. And he he's I mean he's fluent in lots of languages. I I have also wondered about the and we've touched upon this, you know, over the years with regard to you know, and I don't like painting an entire nation with a brush, and that's not what I'm attempting to do. But within Italian sports, there is also a, sort of the, the racist element sort of lives closer to the surface. I you know I think it's fair to say I'm not trying to. You know, if you're Italian and I'm out there, I'm not I'm not casting aspersions. But I, I, I do think it is an interesting pairing for Hamilton, who has, I feel like in recent years, the direct racist, racist attacks to him have, I haven't seen or heard them much. But like for many, many years, there was like, you know, the chanting in Barcelona, like it's been out there. Um, and 
I, I wondered about that a little bit too, that it does seem like a... This was one of my first thoughts when this news came out, because I, I remember you you always, when you t- whenever you talked about like uh, the notion of Hamilton Ferrari or like, you know, how Hamilton might be received by like Italian fans, like Italian football fans established a bad track record uh, yeah. when it came to, uh, you know, African-born soccer players uh, or hell, like just, you know, black soccer players from other clubs in Europe. Right. Uh, just really heinous, racist shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, happening Throwing bananas on the field, like just like in within the past number of years, like it's I used to watch a lot of Serie A and it's terrific. Great football. It's very corrupt. And also there was loads of races and the ultras and the ultras like run a lot of the club, depending on which club you're talking about. But obviously Lazio and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's right there. It's very it feels very like 80s or something. I couldn't it's, figure out, though, whether that would have been a red flag for Hamilton or would also be further temptation yeah. to like view himself as a transformational figure that like, oh, like. Watch the Tifosi embrace me. Yeah. Watch how this stuff, like, it all goes away when it's Lewis Hamilton showing up to drive your fucking car. Yeah. Like, or I, like, or I'm certain. I'm certainly. I bet he does. He he is not the type of person who lets that type of stuff dictate his decisions as well. Well, you I know, suspect also that track record might be why Ferrari had to pay up to Mission Forty Four and is talking about right. this joint investment fund. Like that might have been a. Uh, yeah, the the paycheck covers my services to race, and then for the bullshit I'm likely to encounter, <laughs> right. uh, to hedge against that, you you are going to have to embrace the social justice stuff uh, that you know sometimes you can be allergic to. Uh, yeah, so I imagine you know, Ferrari, Ferrari has to go do yeah. Mission Forty Four. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point actually. That that if ever there was a team that would probably keep keep lips tight about all that. Um, it could be that maybe that's a again another broad assumption, but it 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 just seems like an it it doesn't feel like an elegant fit uh, in those ways. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating the whole thing. Well, There's so many different repercussions we can see with not just them but other drivers down the field. Well, I think I'll just say this, and the other guy that Mercedes probably would have looked at was Landon Norris, especially oh, with yeah. Castro coming on like a house on fire at McLaren. Easy time to be like, hey, why don't you you know consider consider coming here. Uh, this is another, you know, guy with potential to to lead a team. Uh, but, you know, womp right womp. before all this broke, <laughs> uh, Lando Norris extended. Yeah. And so, like, there are not a lot of proven quantities out there that I think are sort of ready made for. If you think if you if you really believe that George Russell is the guy. And I was convinced of this for a number of years. I'm a little less convinced of it me, now. And me too. But if you really think that, then a lot of the names on this list are, are cool. Fuck it. Bring Carlos Sainz in. Bring, uh, you know, Gasly or Ocon. Maybe either of those guys are fine. Probably wouldn't bring in Ocon. Uh, I think he's he's too desperate. I think mm. if I'm, like, in the intervening years, I've just seen too much of him being a shitty teammate uh, <laughs> and just bring too much, like, bad energy. <laughs> he, do- uh, he does. He seems to have the, the, the opposite negative, he, the opposite bad energy that Alonso had. So then when both of them were there, it was like even, even worse. Uh, what do you reckon? I even, I even think a little bit further down the line, I think about like, does this change like 
Daniel Ricardo's trajectory. If he's thinking like, I'm not going to wait till Checo is out of, they're already doing PR with all three of them. Have you seen all these videos they're doing with like Checo Verstappen and Danny Ricks along for the ride? It's like three's company fucking situation. That's so that dude. I don't like this. I don't like <laughs> it's that. Very I don't weird. Want this content. I don't yeah. want this content. Although I kind of like the, the the polyamorous relationship that they're going for, with the you know throwing them all in there. Um, but like, yeah, like that's the thing. Like suddenly now there's a there's a seat that a lot of them might be gunning for, uh, even folks who are tied yeah, up. I don't with know polyamorous more. relationship vibes. I think it has like, <laughs> no, you have nothing to worry about. You'd like him so much. We should hang out. He's a friend. Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I mean, three you know, of us. It's going to be great. We're friends in college. You know, we, we know each yeah. other. No, I don't. You just not not a good and like just <laughs> like the seat is so hot uh, for for Sergey. I don't like them being like, hey, just show your show your down with Dan- Danny Rick. Yeah, no, sir, I will oh, not. Is, oh, is he coming? He's coming. I thought it was just going to be us two. Is he? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I do not. I don't. I don't. I don't dig it. Uh, one of the <laughs> options I heard that was interesting is uh, Alex Albin. Yeah, great. Absolutely, absolutely. That, good that, friend of George's. Yeah, good friend. Uh, yeah, and and has proven himself. You know, he's matured a lot and and he had a great drive last year. Yeah. So I think that's like that's an interesting option. Uh but it is it does throw a ton sorry, who did Red Bull have standing in uh last year when Danny Rick? Liam Lawson. Sorry. Right? Yes. Lawson. Very good. Uh just another interesting like that guy doesn't have a seat. Kind of felt like maybe he should have right. You know, drove better than a number of people. Hey, uh, is DeVries coming Andrews. back? Hey, is Vettel coming back? <laughs> oh man, the German company thing would be very. Oh, funny. you're right. Uh, yeah. The like, you know, Vettel shows up and and does the shoe, Schumacher uh, and goes to. That'd be very interesting. But yeah, I, I think for me, I think it's very simple for Mercedes. It's, it's relatively simple for Mercedes. If you're utterly convinced that Russell's your number one driver and he's going to lead the team into the future. If you have a little bit of doubt that you've seen the best that guy can do and there's a lower ceiling than you wanted and there's mis- more mistakes uh, that are going to creep in there than you really than you can really tolerate, I think you got a big problem mm. uh, because he certainly thinks he's the number one driver. And I look down this list and who's available. I don't see a ton of like, this is definitely the guy to lead your next championship effort. Mm. Uh, time will tell. Uh, who knows how much more uh, driver related? I mean, everyone's tied up now. I guess. Well, we thought everyone was tied up before, and then this happened. So who knows? Now I'm not so sure. The ground feels shaky where once it felt so sturdy. Um, we got some more stuff to talk about in a second. Uh, uh, the Andretti uh, news that popped, and also some breaking news about Christian Horner, which seems confusing and vague. Uh, we'll be back uh, just after a short break. We'll see you on the other side. And we're back. And in the time we were gone, I put my daughter to bed. Thank you, Rob, for waiting here for that entire time. Um, can you hear the frog? Oh, my thing? God, dude. Can you hear that? The frog is so loud. Is it actually? Yes. So this is like a they, they like to like hang out by the door. So I'm gonna, yeah, should no, I go get the frog? You mentioned the other night, like you have frogs, and you were yeah. like, I didn't know that it would be this intense. And They're, I was like, oh, frogs are beautiful. I love the sound of frogs at night. That is intense, bro. <laughs> I can't. I'm surprised you, the mic is good because it's very fucking loud to my ears. Um, give me a second. I'll see if I can get rid of this frog in real time. Yeah. You can you can do a play by play for the listeners. Oh yeah, you fucking went quiet now, didn't you? No joy. 
So he's quiet now. Probably in about five minutes now, he'll start shouting again. They're pretty intense. They had stopped, but then the storm came in, and now they're back at it again, having a big orgy outside every night. Anyway, speaking of orgies, I guess it was one too many people turned up to the F1 orgy, and they locked the door. They said, nope, we have 20 people here. We don't want two more. Andretti, stay away. Uh, Rob, what did you make of of the news, the, as you said earlier, not particularly uh, shocking news that the Andretti bid to come the 11th team on the grid was rejected by Formula One, not the FIA, but by Formula One. Yeah, uh, not a not a huge surprise. Um, you know, again, this is all hinged on the fact that F1 is sort of a closed league. And right now, all the teams have seen their total value increase dramatically with the rise in popularity of the sport. Uh, and the not just the not just the, you know, rising uh, value of the teams, but also like the, you know, increase in the value of the, uh, you know, winnings based on like, you know, increasing TV revenues and such. Uh, and so it, it always centered on whether or not the teams wanted to cut an 11th organization in on this pie. Uh, where they're divide once again they're dividing what Liberty Media leaves them. Uh, they're they're you know the, the the thing that is not on the table is Liberty Media taking a smaller share uh, and you know taking one for the team and enriching the enriching the, the sport. Uh, so it's it, you know the, the an 11th team would be de- would be taking from the revenue that the uh, existing 10 teams uh, deal with. There's also always been evidence that the 10 teams would much prefer someone make an exorbitant purchase offer. Uh, to give F1 uh, owners a nice, rich exit uh, from F1 if somebody really wants to get in badly enough. So the FIA uh, signed off on the Andretti big and, and endorsed it uh, to to join the join the sport, but it was always going to be F1 management and the you know effectively the teams deciding whether or not this would this would go through. And they decided it wouldn't. Now, they gave a really long, a really long statement explaining very uh, long, yeah, why they didn't think this was a good bid. And that in itself was kind of interesting because uh, it was like a lot of justification for the decision. I think you know partly it is Andretti's a big name. There's been a lot of interest attracted this this uh, to this bid. I think they really wanted to make it seem like this was not just an absolutely mercenary, uh, you know, ploy for more money uh, and protecting, protecting, you know, the protecting the pie. Right. But the explanations they gave for why the organization, uh, why, why the Andretti bid was unsuccessful centers on uh, one, while Andretti is partnered with Cadillac to eventually get a power supply. Uh, the plan was for Andretti to come in and ha- be a customer team for an existing power supplier. Yeah, they didn't uh, like that supplier, and that was going to be tough because again, these things are hard to fab. Uh, mm. These are you know, no, like I'm not sure anyone's making money on supplying F1 engines to other teams, but even if they are, it's really hard to meet demand uh, with engines this sophisticated. Again, IndyCar. 
had their entire plan to move on to a new engine spec fall apart because the two engine suppliers were like, we cannot start building new engines yeah. and continue supplying the current spec. <laughs> the current we do not have the bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it that, sounded like they were, yeah, that was a big hinge point, right, right wasn't it? Was the, if, it, 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 I think actually, I think the verbiage was also like, if they were to reapply with the sort of like, uh, you know, Chevy Cadillac, the, the, the engine supplier sort of, as being part of that, then they'd change their mind. Um, and the other one was sort of like the kick in the teeth was sort of like that they 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 thought that Andretti wouldn't be competitive. They they were worried that the way they had set up. And I mean, they've I think they've like employed a bunch of people, like over a hundred people, to put this whole thing together, or at least yeah, they've that, set it that maybe, one maybe on is paper. Laughable. Like that is that is the laughable one where it's like uh, we, you know teams got to be competitive to be relevant right. in F one, dude. I spent like ten years watching Haas's race. Uh, like yeah. if F one had relegation in it, multiple teams on this grid uh, would be back down to Formula Two, right? Yeah. Like it is the I I have a hard time believing the Andretti organization could show up and do worse. <laughs> <laughs> than Haas and Williams have for the mm. last uh, number of years. I have a hard time believing they do as poorly as Alfa Romeo uh, did in 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 its final season. So uh, yeah, this this one didn't that that didn't really uh, that one struck me as just completely fatuous, right? Because the stand like if the standard for a viable F one team is that it has to be competitive, we've got three of those. And we have for a number of years, like the F1, just, uh, you know, I guess it's it's going to be Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull and maybe sometimes McLaren uh, battling for for wins forever. There was one other weird detail about this. So. The FOM said. Having had the opportunity to consider the applicants responses Together with our own deliberations, we subsequently wrote to the applicant, Andretti, on 12 December 2023, extending an invitation to an in-person meeting in our offices in order for the applicant to present its application. But the applicant did not take us up on this offer. What a front. Andretti did not show up to the admissions office interview. (laughs) Now... Andretti, according to this from Autosport, Andretti Cadillac says it did not know about the invitation. Oh, my After God. the F1 oh statement was issued, God. the team's IT staff found the email, no. which was sent by an F1 employee, no. and not CEO Stefano Domenicali, in Michael Andretti's spam folder. You're kidding. <laughs> Are you? Is this real? Because, like... Between all of the news and the fucking frog that won't shut up, I just feel like I'm stuck in some sort of fever dream. Are you sh- like, I'm sure that's not. Imagine if that was the straw that broke the cobble. The back. most boomer thing to happen in this entire, <laughs> in this entire saga. It is, is folder. How does you run an F1 team and you're, you get an email from, at formula1.com and it goes to your spot. He must have just gotten too many of those like stupid like you know your F1 TV subscription is set to auto exactly 100%. I hate F1. I'm not going to watch it. Report uh, spam. But, oh my god. So he said we uh so the response was we are not aware of the offer of a meeting. Uh we'd love oh, to have that meeting funny. now. Uh effectively. I'm sure they would. But oh my god. It's a good but here's the other thing. 
So F1's like, on the one hand, it's ridiculous that like it's caught in a spam filter. <laughs> on the other hand, it's ridiculous that F1 is like, this meeting was so important. And that's why we sent you one email about it. Yeah, exactly. Are you kidding exactly. me? Yeah, that's like ridiculous. these people all text. Like, no, that's 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 bogus. You're not uh, on the WhatsApp. He's not on the WhatsApp yet. That's it. Andretti's not been invited to the WhatsApp yet. With the other, yeah. Gunter just got kicked out, and they haven't added in Michael. So, the <laughs> entire the entire thing, like you know, the, the, they're trying to the, the other part. They were trying to uh, clearly, where they're like, we'd be interested when Andretti is a little further along with with Cadillac and all this. We'd be interested in revisiting this. 2028. Let's talk. I believe by then they will have been able to reset the buy-in amount that a team coming into ah, the sport has to pay. Okay. Uh, so I think when is the net, when is the current Concord agreement ending? Uh, F1 Concord agreement. Can you still hear the frog, by the way? Oh yeah. It's great. It's great. Yeah. We so don't have dogs end of 2025. Week, frogs. Love it. The Concord agreement wraps up. Okay. And just after 2025, we can talk to Andretti. And maybe we can work something out. And I think this is the this is the part that I think really is going to, you know, rub a lot of people the wrong way. It certainly rubs me the wrong way. I think F one does want Andretti in the t- in the sport. I think F one wants GM in the sport. They want. I think they want all of this. They want a bribe, uh, and they just didn't want to say that we want a bribe. Uh, so they made up a lot of bogus reasons. They, they want they wanted to have both ways, right? It was we don't want to offend Andretti and say we don't take this this uh, offer seriously. Um, we do want Andretti to come into the sport, but we also just don't want to admit that this is about getting cash up front uh, to dilute our stake in in F one. So we're also going to create a lot of insulting reasons why the offer is no good, why the why the bid isn't good. And that's the thing I always wonder with, like, I'm sure Andretti's patience with this is has worn thin long ago. And I wonder now, does he, I don't know the character of the man. I don't know if this is the type of thing where he's going to be like, all right, fuck this. Fuck these European weirdos. I'm out of here. Or if uh, they're going to court him more. Or if, you know, they were all like, hey, look, Gene wants to sell up probably. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens before the new regs come in or something. I don't know. It's weird. Right before this happened, Andretti was making lots of statements about, you know, hiring and, uh, you know, opening new facilities. Like, this is one of those weird things where, um, you know, once an F1 bid hits a certain point, there's a momentum to it. Um, yeah. It's tough to slow things down at this That's point. Like I, I, like, I think as much as Andretti might be like, fuck this, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I suspect uh, one, you know, in the last year, you'd have had to know on some level the odds of this going through without a hitch were were low. Like, yeah, fair. We can. It is mercenary. It is craven. On the other hand, the F one teams have a point. Like a spot in this championship is worth a lot of money. It's worth more than Andretti would be paying up front. Everyone's making less money. Uh, you know, at least immediately after he comes into the sport, no guarantee he's going to bring growth. Uh, like there is a dilution and usually like in a partnership arrangement, you have to basically cover the other partners uh, like lost value that comes with dilution. So it, you know, it's, I don't think it is entirely. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not entirely bogus for them to, to make this argument. Sorry. I, I, I left mid answer because I swear to God, the frog started <laughs> 
every fucking half a second he was doing this. Well, we just are. The, the, the last thing I'd say, though, is like, I think at a certain point, Andretti probably had to realize that this was going to be a more drawn out process. And so I would certainly hope that either his plan, their roadmap did involve like we come into the sport later, uh, certainly with new engine regulations coming. Probably I think it would be better if you postponed coming in. My hope would be in this situation, Andretti either expected that it would be a longer timeline to actually claw his way into the sport, or he is going to buy somebody. He's going to buy somebody out because, um, you know, the same thing makes us say there's not all these teams are really competitive, viable entrants. I am sure somebody would ha- be happy to take, uh, you know, billions of dollars to shed themselves uh, a, <laughs> you know, a, an F1 team. Yeah. Yeah. You have to imagine it's uh, there's a couple of them there, although who knows, you know, you look at somebody like Willie. Well, I guess Williams was no. What's Williams going to sell Williams for? There's nothing else going on in Williams. But like you know, there are times where you look at Renault and go, you know, well, the 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 fortunes of a corporation like that that's you know pu- publicly owned to a certain extent. Yeah. And obviously, Haas and everything else. Um. Uh. Look, man, it's been a wild podcast. We've had stops and starts. We put a kid to bed. There's been an invasion, a swarm of frogs. The locusts are coming next, presumably. Um, But before we jump off, do you want to have a quick little shinwag about the liveries? We have had four liveries. Oh, Christian, I forgot about... Oh, God, of course. I was trying to make it a fun time. And now let's talk about Christian Corner. No, no, unfortunately, uh, we got to talk about... We don't know what we got to talk about. Well, so that's the thing. So right now at the moment, it is. it has been two days since this came out. We're recording this on Tuesday the 6th. We, this could be the type of thing we don't hear anything about it for two weeks. We don't hear anything about it for a month. I'm sure they'll want to get something out about it pretty sooner rather than later. The long and short of this is that a statement issued by the Red Bull Company on Monday said, after being made aware of certain... Recent allegations, the company has launched an independent investigation. This process, which is already underway, is being carried out by an external specialist barrister. The company takes these matters extremely seriously, and the investigation will be completed as soon as it is practically possible. It would not be appropriate to comment further at this time. They are referring to media reports that Christian Horner has been... Uh, has some allegations. Uh, the BBC said that they are inappropriate behavior of a controlling nature. There is a larger, uh, I don't know if it's this is all alleged. I don't know if this, there's a, a larger um, sort of uh, tr- truth, accept the truth within a lot of media organizations that this is a female employee. We don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, speaking to Dutch newspaper, uh, the Telegraph Horner said, I completely deny these claims. It's it's with an independent arbitrator now or or whatever, and they you know we're probably not going to hear anything about this until that's done. But presumably they want to have this. If it's something serious that is that has uh you know holds water, then it could be the end of Horner's career at Red Bull. And if it's not, I'm sure they're going to want to get this thing out from under them as quickly as possible. What did you make of this? This this was another sort of Jesus like. Left left a field. Yeah, this is one of those things where I guess for me, I'd like the thing I'd like I, I tend to be cautious about this in yeah. part 
because we don't know the nature of the allegations and we may never know the nature of the allegations. I think the thing I want to avoid is having this get swept into the like, I always hated Red Bull for this and that reason or, yeah. you know, Hornish Tory vibes give me the creeps. This is exactly what I expect of him. Like people that you would not expect to do creepy or bad shit do it all the time and people who give off bad vibes uh may you know have character above reproach in terms of their business dealings professional dealings we just don't know uh we don't know if this is a sort of uh romantic or like sexual like you know uh you know relationship or harassment uh happening or if this is about him being a shitty abusive boss manager exactly yeah, yeah yeah exactly we just we have no idea what the nature of the allegations are um, and I'm not sure what to make of the Red Bull investigation because these things can go in a couple ways. Like sometimes companies appoint uh, independent investigators to like investigate their own house, but really it is to effectively clear themselves. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're sort of put in place to be like, you need to give us a clean bill of health. Keeping uh, up appearances, sort of, yeah. Yeah, like this is how a lot of uh, these sorts of investigations unfold. But on the other hand, sometimes it is because the company does fear there's something really rotten uh, behind the allegations and quickly needs someone to get in there to figure out how badly uh, has the company's, you know, legal liability and reputation been jeopardized by, you know, conduct and how quickly can we, can we clear this up uh, and, and, and move on from it. And that means moving a manager out uh, that can be part of the solution. We don't know. We just don't know what's happening here. We don't know the dynamics. Yeah. There are corporate court politics being played here. There's no way a guy in his position does not have like something like this occur. And there are not ramifications about like where he's going to land after Mm. the dust clears. But we just don't know anything about what is actually being alleged here or like what frame to put on these. Yeah. Um, and, and, we may and to never. sort of, yeah, and, yeah, you're right. We may never, and also to sort of hypothesize about them is sort of like irresponsible. So, you know, we, we sit, who knows by the time this podcast is up, maybe there's something else about it. Maybe by the end of next week, the end of this week, who knows, but that's where it sort of stands at the moment. Um, and as Rob said, we're all just kind of like waiting to hear if there's more we need to hear about this uh, or not. But obviously that's pretty, Big shadow that looms over the Red Bull team uh, and Horner himself uh, for the foreseeable. So we'll have to, I guess, keep our ears to the ground. Uh, not that much time left before preseason testing. Um, shall we have a look at some cars? Have you looked at? So you have you have not? I what do we want to really want to talk about? Sauber. Have you looked at any of the cars? Have you seen some of the no. cars? No. Any of the cars? So we're only going. Are we going? The the rest of them are mostly the same. They're mostly all right. Normal. Okay? But there's two McLaren, you wanted to show me. McLaren, there's one I want to show you. Okay. McLaren looks like the McLaren, a little bit of black on it, you know, maybe a bit more black than last year. Haas looks very much like last year's. Williams actually looks all right. Williams Williams has a, a like a darker blue to it. So maybe that's worth, maybe uh, that's worth checking up. out. Type in Williams, the FW46. Williams FW46. Throw that in and, and tell me what you think. That's 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 worth looking at, I think. And then we'll get that to Sauber. Bad. I mean, it's it's you know, I I dig it. Um, it's the frog just a, likes it. Uh, it's it's a frog or a toad. <laughs> Danny likes anything. It's what, probably what do you, it would what help do you, that. 
what do you make <laughs> what do you make of um of the uh the advertiser on the on the side pod do you see it there can you read it out my protein no um begins with a k oh komatsu yes uh completely happenstantial that is of course also the name of the new team principal over at haas so that's quite but unrelated uh, completely unrelated but yeah. quite funny so i think the haas uh, social media team was out on that one pretty quickly um, yeah i mean look no haas is ever going to look <laughs> as good as uh the martini livery oh my god um on williams it, and yeah, and this oh, isn't so quite good. the glory so of good. a classic Gulf Oil livery with the with the powder blue uh, <laughs> and and orange, but but I do dig like you know what I like is I you st- you stand back from this car and you're like that is a deep blue car yeah yeah and it's like you know what color that car is and it's going to be identifiable on track uh, and I think even the the use of unpainted carbon fiber uh, in places is not going to like confuse you about like which car you're looking at yeah dig it okay have you there's a link i put in the discord if you could open it it's a video it's one minute 25 seconds just pause it at the start mm-hmm. i will put the description to this in the uh youtube uh, uh the link to it in the in the yep. description on the podcast um do you have it open it's yep. stake f1 team c44 launch unleashed for the 2024 season and then some hearts you got it yep Okay, we'll hit play in. We'll do three, two, one, play. Okay, three, two, one, play. So we're watching. Ooh, what do you what do you make of that? Of Tron, the, very very Tron, isn't it? What do you make of the 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 the? Actually, I don't want to say anything. I don't because I saw this and I was like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> this is to, pretty cool. So that we got we got the floor opening up. It's dust. It's misty. There's a car emerging. Need better music here. Like if you're gonna evoke Tron, you kind of want that Tron sound. Do, 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 do. Yeah, like the soundtrack for the new movie. So here it is, right? It's a black car. They're not giving away any other color. Okay. Oh man, it looks. It's getting lifted up a little bit. There's some there's some lights oh, lighting up. Neon lights, green lights. They're about to go out. Here we go. This is a, this is like a CG rendering of a car driving through sort of a futuristic. Wind tunnel kind of looks like the train between Stormwind and or like that shitty Tesla tunnel in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the paint is peeling away. Rob, steak written on the side. It's a, it's a, I would, I would call that an emerald green. That that reminds me of home. For me, it's for me, it's almost like highlighter green. It's so vivid. It's so green. It's like the most green you can get. It's incredibly green. Uh, what do you make of that? <laughs> it is distinctive. It I is. Think you're gonna like that's gonna pop. You're gonna see that car, uh, and like, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, Aston Martins like turquoise has never really popped. Uh, right, somewhere yeah. between like a blue and a and a British racing green. This this stands out, um, and yet. I like the green, but beyond that, it's a very boring looking car. And to me, it feels like uh, if you were making, for instance, a, a movie like Driven, right? Mm. Where it's going to be like, it's about a, a, a motorsport, but like you couldn't get the license agreements in place. You had to file off the identifying <laughs> markers for a ton of the other uh, competitors. Yeah. This would be that. Like, this would be one of the cars that shows up in the background. 
yeah, that's true. It does look like a. It looks like the sort of like default one of the three default liveries you get in like Formula One career mode. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. very, it's quite yeah. sharp. It, it's true though. You make a good point about like the, there's not many like green F1 cars. You have like Lotus, I guess Caterham, I think had a green car. At some stage, and then yeah, no, Caterham went with the the classic, like again, the, the Lotus Green, the British Racing Green. Yeah, British Racing um, Green. It's, it's like a darker yeah. kind of. It's almost like wet grass. It's kind of what it always yeah. reminded me of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. But I'm yeah, just... like I, I think it, it. You know, it's good that it, it's good that it stands out. Um. I, I think the. Yeah, some of the, some of the colors don't really don't really pop very well. Mm. Uh, like for instance, the number of cars that are playing in the red. Uh, so yeah, like shade, like you know the. I'm telling you part, like the problem that this team used to have is like on the circuit map, I would have trouble distinguishing them from a Ferrari. Right. Yeah. 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 Big time. And, and the big problem, of course, has been the amount of lack of paint because obviously the the uh, the black sort of under you know coat of the carbon fiber has F1 been something that they needs to choose something about they, the regulations to incentivize people yeah, painting these cars. They do. You're right. There needs to be some sort of like min max on the amount of paint yeah. weight because that's what they're worried about. Free right? weight allowance because yeah, this yeah. is this is absurd. And like, you know, it feels like we've gone back in time. Remember, there was that moment where carbon fiber was like all the rage, and it was like you know, show as much carbon fiber on things. Oh, as totally. Yeah, yeah. Show and as now much. It looks really dated. It looks chintzy. It does. Uh, yeah. If like too much carbon fiber shows up in <laughs> in, in place, it looks unfinished. Right. In our and road so car. Yeah. Now all the F1 cars are rocking just extensive swaths of like unpainted uh, hull, basically. And it just doesn't, they're doing their best. But like, yeah, F1's got to, you know, if you look back at what the field looked like in the 80s, it's just the, sort of this riot of like yeah. old colors. Totally. Uh, and now everyone's like, what's the minimum amount of paint we can put on these things? Right. And still have advertisers pop and still have some sort of color associated with us. Gone are the days of Rainbow Benetton. I'll say that much. Um, that is the... Uh, that Those are the liveries that have been shown so far. I did have a link a second ago, but I haphazardly already closed that up. Let me do, let me do this quickly. There's one tomorrow. Um, there's one being shown tomorrow, one, one of the liveries. Uh, let me just get the list up here again. Here we are. Sorry. Um, the Alpine one is going to be shown tomorrow, February 7th. Uh, man, uh, RB, so uh, Visa Cash App RB, the full team name, is on February 8th uh, in Vegas. That's on Thursday. Ferrari are then next week on the 13th. That's this day next week. And uh, Mercedes then, that'll be interesting. Uh, we are on uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, which is Wednesday week. And then Red Bull, our last, on February 15th, which is the Thursday. So uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of the teams left to uh, show. I love that all the teams that we know what those cars look like are going to be the last ones. Like, here's our reveal. Yeah. Here's and the Red it's Bull. Like, yeah, we know. We yeah. Know. Red Bull uh, has but... always looked. You can look at any Red Bull. Red Bull has probably, like, over the course of the history of a car has probably changed the least of every F1 team ever. I, I, it's pretty, except there's probably one team that only had, was in for a year or something, but statistical anomalies, saying, like, notwithstanding. Look, Lewis deserves a chance to like wear the red, but after he's tired of the red, he needs to advocate for them to make those cars yellow. 
It looked so cool Ooh, when yeah. they were yellow for that special event at uh at Monza. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, who had the yellow car? Yellow. Was it Lotus? Had who did the yellow F one car? It was like well, Jordan had a. Was yellow it Jordan? Car, right? That's what I meant. It was Jordan, not Lotus. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, Jordan had the yellow car. Oh yeah, John Player Blue or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it looked 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 great. Uh, and hell, the you know, was a BAR had the white car with, with a big Lucky Strike orange. On yes, it, um, yes. That was that looked. I thought like looked really good. Uh, but but yeah, I think like we just need we we need these cars to look better. Uh, boy, speaking of like, I, I knew something was nagging at me between Williams Blue. Alpine blue and then the off blue of Aston. Right. It's like I need these teams to separate a little yeah, bit. That's true. Yeah, we're too blue. Maybe maybe the blue, maybe like you only have to put a little bit of blue on that carbon fiber to, to look blue. Maybe that's it's maybe you gotta put yeah. a lot more red, you know what I mean? <laughs> you can get away with the blue. Yeah. Who knows? Um all right. That's a silly season podcast for us. We hadn't planned to do one this week, so look, you got it. Frogs and all. Uh, if you want to send us emails for uh, the next episode, which will not be the next episode because that's our preseason primer, you can do so over at shiftf1podcast.gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. We are at shiftf1podcast on the social medias. Uh, Drew will be back for the next episode. We'll uh, be very excited to have him back for that. If you would like to support the show, that is all three of us, and get access to bonus episodes, the ad-free version of this podcast, and the official Shift F1 Discord, which has been popping off for the past couple of days, uh, past week. You can do so over patreon.com slash Shift F1. We will be back next week with our preseason primer. It's the big one where we go through all of the teams, uh, all of the drivers, all of the circuits, uh, all the good stuff to get you hyped up and ready for the F1 season uh, as it's common and then uh yeah we'll have more patron exclusive stuff coming um after that and uh we'll be into the season pretty much straight away uh rob do you expect more silly season to happen between now and the primer or do you expect the silly season done was it just like a sort of a condensed silly window i think i think signs might be really desperate to like line up what his future is uh but i think honestly we're going to have a hell of a silly season in season this year because yes, it's going to be like, you're right. There's a lot of drivers from an improvement mode and it's going to change what their destinations could potentially oh be. God. And it's going oh to change God. which teams just want to bring in someone from uh, a lower oh, Dude, just, we haven't even, we'll talk about this in the primer. Think about Russell now this year. He doesn't give a shit about Hamilton. Hamilton's at the door. Russell's number one driver day one uh, this year. What about signs of Ferrari? He doesn't have to play nice anymore. He's like, well, fuck you guys, I guess, you know. Oh, hey, smooth operators left the building. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's going to have a knife rough, between his teeth. Rough operator. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, here, here's the other thing, by the way, just not on our list, but like, I don't know if they bust him. Like, Alex Pillow is somebody oh, that God. I'm looking at, like, an, uh, someone who, like, probably is one of your best bets to be a great driver, who just right. hasn't been in the F1 pipeline. That is somebody I would look at. And, you know, I think with, with those two championships, I think he has the super license points. You could just bring okay. him in. Just plug him in. But you need to bring him into a serious ride because I'd rather be an IndyCar driver, uh, like racking up championships, than <laughs> go over to F1 and be like, yeah, okay, Mr. IndyCar, you get a Haas. How about that? <laughs> you get a Haas. You get a Haas, yeah. I yeah. Enough of those going around. Um, 
all right that's it thanks very much for hanging out folks uh thanks for enjoying uh, for being here with us and uh we'll see you next time on shift f1 see you then just let that nope the frog the frog will take us out that frog is saying new <laughs>